Welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. This is Eric. Across from me is Arwen, and to the side of me is Jason. Uh, he's going to be our guest today because we're going to discuss a movie that, uh, well, I guess it's significant. Anyway, uh, so are we ready for Captain Marvel? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I've tried to not watch any previews for anything. I keep getting spoil like news notifications. This spoiler is leaked for like Avengers Endgame, and I'm like, stop showing me this. Right. Yeah. I'm not gonna look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Even I, I'm really tempted. I, I've I've avoided reviews. I've avoided many of the trailers. I don't want to know anything of what is in this movie. All I know is that it's set in the '90s. Nick Fury is young. Yeah. He has both his damn eyes. I'm assuming we're going to see him lose an eye. Maybe, maybe not. This is Carol Danvers, the Captain Marvel. I hope they touch on Marvel. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I showed a friend of mine the trailer to Brightburn, and I really want to see that too. Which one is that? That's the uh, Evil, Super Evil Superman. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want yeah. to see that one. Every time I see something for Detective Pikachu, it's funnier and funnier. It is funny. <laughs> um, I don't have high hopes for it. It's like one of those low bar movies. I kind of do. Really? Yeah. I, I Ryan Reynolds. It is Ryan Reynolds, but I don't know. I think these, I'm going to have fun watching it. These past few years with Ryan Reynolds, I have enjoyed everything he's done. Yeah, he's hit his stride. So, I'm pretty excited about that. Alright, so, the movie that we're going to discuss today is an older movie. Um, 1984. Mm -hmm. The year before Marty McFly went back in time to save his parents. (laughs) Okay? So, first we're going to talk about the director. Obviously, if you're following us on Twitter, you know, at Funtime Movies 1 on Twitter, or if you're following us on Facebook, <laughs> what? It's funny how you say we're on Twitter and then what our handle is on Twitter. Yeah. It's just funny. <laughs> it's just the way it is. It's a quirk. Yeah. Uh, or if you're following Happy Funtime Movie Hour on Facebook, uh, you're already going to know what the name of this movie is. Because we've advertised it, and you're watching it. You're subscribing, you know, you're subscribing on Spotify, on uh, Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. You're going to know what the name of this movie is. So I don't have to tell you what the name of this movie is, but I'm going to tell you about the director first. (laughs) All right? The director is David Lynch, and this is our first uh, film we're going to discuss that he directed. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a director's cut of this film. Yes. That he has taken his name off of. I'd forgotten about that. Because this is the version that he thinks is necessary. Right. It's the original. He doesn't like doing 
extended cuts. Except recently, because I heard that Blue Velvet is getting an extended cut on like the Criterion. Like 50 minutes? Yeah. Like, what? why we do you need a need whole other much. hour of that movie? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't need a whole other hour of that movie at all. It's um, a special fetish right there. <laughs> so, David Lynch directed The Elephant Man before this. This got him on the radar, so to speak, for everybody. And uh, he had two movies offered to him. The first movie was The uh, Return of the Jedi. And I can't even comprehend no. what a David Lynch Star Wars movie would no. look like. Except this film might be what a David Lynch Star Wars movie would have looked like. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, ugh, no. <laughs> I, I have no words. Yeah. <laughs> so, the movie we're going to discuss is Dune. Um, they're remaking it. It's been made into a series. Um, it had failed attempts to be made. Yeah, there's uh, a documentary a out there that is longer than the movie about yeah. one man's it's Need it's called to make uh, it. it's called Yordaraski's Dune. Yeah, and uh, I don't think I would have liked it. The artwork was great. Some of the cast looked awesome. Yeah, uh, concept pieces looked really good. It looked like it was going to be very expensive to make. Yeah, um, but the story looked like it was going to be absolute trash. Mm-hmm. Dune is a book written by Frank Herbert. Um, I read it the first time in the eighth grade, and I think it kind of changed the way I thought about things. Yeah. There's like philosophies in Dune that you go, oh, I could, I could do that here. Yeah. Like if you have anxiety, you can do the fears, the mind killer mantra, blah, blah, blah. It kind of works. Um, slowing down your breathing so that you're not hyperventilating. Right. Things like that. A lot of that isn't in here in this movie. No. The, um, the the fear is the mind killer is, I think, the only real big quote that made it from the book into the movie. Right. Uh, so, this is one of my favorite movies, and I am going to trash it, I think. Because <laughs> I love this movie. I love the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really shouldn't compare the book to the movie. No. No. And I love this movie as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of the first movies I showed you that I was like, if you like this movie, I like you. You actually gave me the book to read? Yeah. Um, and I walked around high school and I read that book. There you go. Oh. Like, I was the kid in the hallways reading books. Right. Huh. And this took me a little while to get through. <laughs> but it was really good. <laughs> okay, so, like I said, this is Dune, 1984. It was rated PG-13. Um, released by Universal Studios. We own it on Blu-ray, but you can rent it or find it somewhere. It looks really good on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very crisp, clean looking. All right. So we're going to go through the, uh, the cast. First, we have Kyle MacLachlan. He played Agent Cooper in Twin Peaks. Pretty significant. Um... He played the captain in uh, yeah. How I Met Your Mother. He was the boat captain yeah. in How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> and he was uh, Mr. Hyde in Ag- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. Um, he also played the dad in Up, Upside Down or Inside Out. Inside Out. No. Yeah. The Pixar movie? Yeah. 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 
Okay. He's been in a lot. Uh, by the way, Kyle MacLachlan plays Paul Atreides. He's the lead character. I don't really know how to say this woman's last name, but uh, Lady Jessica was played by Francesca Annis. Is that how we want to say her name? Sounds right. Um, Maybe a niece. I don't know anything that she's really been in. The only movie that I think I've seen her in is Under the Cherry Moon. Wow. She's a British actress. Mm -hmm. So then we got Everett McGill. Big Ed Hurley. I like Everett. Yeah. Um, He's famous for being Big Ed Hurley in Twin Peaks. And he's also been, uh, he was on People Under the Stairs. Oh, yeah. He was a James Bond villain once. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's been a lot of things. Um, Heartbreak Ridge, Twin Peaks, obviously. (laughs) Do we have to talk about Patrick Stewart? You can mention him. He's Gurney Halleck. Yeah. Gurney Halleck's in this movie, and he is played by Patrick Stewart, Professor X. Everyone knows who Patrick Stewart is. Yeah. Then we got Sting. Not that Sting. The singer Sting. (laughs) What? There's two Stings. There's two Stings? Yeah. Since when? There's a wrestler named Sting, and then there's a singer named Sting. He doesn't exist in my world most time. Who? The singer? The, the wrestler. Oh. I love Sting. Um, the singer. <laughs> uh, you might recognize Sting from The Police and his solo work. Uh, then we got Max von Sydow. And you might recognize Max von Sydow from Our Summer of Sydow. Well, you and Jason. I believe he was in Strange Brew. Yes. Um, he, was, he was definitely in Flash Gordon. Yeah. He was definitely in... Uh, Game of Thrones. He has definitely been in uh, The Simpsons and uh, very, very many other movies. Then we got Alicia Witt. She plays the most creepiest character in the whole wide world, uh, Alia. And I think we're going to talk about the last person here, Sean Young. Poor Sean Young. Yeah. Um, She was not Catwoman. She was in Blade Runner. Yes. Um, No Way Out. Ace Ventura laces out. Uh, oh, she was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Same oh, person. Huh. Huh, interesting. Um, so we got to see that movie, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I we didn't, started it. I didn't like Blade Runner, so I don't know why I want to watch Blade Runner two. Um, most because significantly, you have to. though, the most famous movie she's ever been in. She played Brenda Stratford in 2012's Attack of the Fifty Foot Cheerleader. So there you go. Huh. So, <laughs> so there's your cast, uh, most of it. Um, thank you. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. All right. <laughs> I, I wrote everybody's name down, and then I was like, ugh, this is going to take forever. Because it is a very large ensemble cast. Very. The problem with this movie, though, is that it didn't translate very well from the book. Right. The original cut of the movie, the original script of the movie, would have made the movie... Uh, four hours long. That makes sense. They intended this to be a trilogy. Uh, it did not happen because it lost a lot of money. Uh, I looked on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a dismal rating. Uh, 38% rotten, I think it was. Yeah, a lot of people crap on this movie, even though it is fun to watch. Yeah. I was 11 years old when this movie came out. Um, and I remember, like, okay. Okay, kids, story time. All right. Uh, 
totally going to steal that. <laughs> Back in my day, when I was a kid, uh, I would love w- movies. You know, we didn't have a VCR. So any movie that I watched, I watched on television on ABC, CBS, or NBC, or one of the many UHF channels. And I never knew what the UHF channels were. Uh, I would just find old movies. But on Saturday mornings, after cartoons, at the movies with Siskel and Ebert would be on, where they would show a clip of a movie and then discuss the movie. And it was never like, hey, we like all these movies. <laughs> it was two guys that I don't think even liked each other in, in, in real life uh, yelling at each other about how they're wrong about how they reviewed the movie. But on this occasion, I do remember watching this Siskel and Ebert because Sting was in it and I was a fan of the police. I had no idea who David Lynch was. I had no idea who... Kyle McLaughlin was. Nothing like that. Everybody's nodding and not saying a damn thing. <laughs> We're listening to you. We're enthralled. Okay. So, I'd watch this. Roger Ebert called it a dismal failure or something like that. He just hated the movie. Gene Siskel hated the movie. They both died of cancer. I'm still alive. Let's, let's just say that. <laughs> that is a bold statement. Just saying. <laughs> I liked Dune. They died. I didn't die. <laughs> They were much older than you, too. Yeah, so. Anyway, <laughs> they didn't like the movie. I remember the scene that they showed those earlier in the movie where they had their shield fight. Oh. It was Patrick Stewart yeah. and Kyle MacLachlan, uh having a fight. And the shields, they really didn't make much sense. They're in the book briefly, but... They sound better in the book. Yeah. But I but have a feeling that the technology book, though, they, wasn't very easy to create what they yeah. wanted. Yeah. In the book, they couldn't use their shields... Uh, in the sand because it would attract the worm. Right. But they didn't use the, the shield then. It was before they moved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was when they were living on Caladan. All right, anyway, we're going to talk about this movie now. Um, they really spoon-fed us the story at the beginning. Um, we get an idea of, you know, the houses, like who is where, what the strategy is. It's like a big old Game of Thrones in outer space, basically. It really reminded me of Never Ending Story at the beginning. The way yeah. Princess Irulan's face was, you know, it, it felt like they were telling this tale yeah. and it was going to be epic. And, they, and it was epic. And they but. really, uh, they, they did a lot of this in post-production. David Lynch didn't like the idea of narration. He didn't like the idea of uh, when people were like paused you know, like staring into nothing mm-hmm. and their thoughts were heard. He didn't like any of that because he I, likes leaving things to he, the imagination. Yes, yes. However, I liked that in this movie. I actually liked hearing the thoughts because in the book, when you're reading it, you hear those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So we start in Caladan. Well, actually, we don't. We start with uh, Shaddam, Emperor. Yeah. The fourth, Paddish Shaddam, the fourth, whatever he's called. Uh, <laughs> um, and they're clearing the room because the Spicing Guild people were coming in. Yes. And what one thing I liked about this is that 
the the spice guild people were so secretive like you you didn't know what they looked like they weren't described mm -hmm. in the book um there's these face dancers um there's these fish speakers you know you get a lot of these odd characters but you don't get to see what they look like i think in children of dune they finally describe what they look like. Yeah. Mm. And this is what they look like. So the costume department got it right. Well, that's huh? good. Um, the concepts were right. Basically, they want to kill Duke Leto. Like, there was a thing that happened, a summit of some sort. The Harkonnens had to leave Arrakis, which is the spice planet. It's the only planet in the universe that has the spice yeah. and the spice transforms people, makes people smarter, makes people see the future. It depends on you, I guess. And the emperor's okay with it. He's like, yeah, let's kill Leto. And they're like, but we're worried about, you know, Paul. Well, why worry about Paul? Paul's the boy. In the book, he's supposed to be 14 years old. He's played by Kyle MacLachlan here, who's clearly in his 20s. Right. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> There's no denying it. Um, but, you know, book versus movie, I prefer the book a lot better. I'm I'm hoping that they can translate the movie in a way for people to enjoy and understand it. Yeah, because they're casting for a new movie yeah. right now. I've heard Jason Momoa really? is supposed to be attached yeah. to it. Huh. Yeah. And so, oh, and, and the music by Toto. Yeah. Music was, you know, a big thing in this. Yeah. Which is uh, a reoccurring theme with David Lynch. Yeah, he's a, he's a big fan of independent music and, and music in general. If you ever listen to his, uh, his uh, album, <laughs> it's a very strange one. <laughs> so, Jason. Yes. <sighs> we gave you a middle name. And because Arwen was named after Arwen Evenstar, in, in fact, Arwen's full name is Arwen Evenstar and then our last name. Right. Uh, so it's a little strange. And I figured, wow, that's unique. I have to marry that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you were born, well, before you were born, we decided that we were going to name you Jason Godlito Dover. Right. No. Yes. No. We fought over the Godlito <laughs> part for a very long time. Apparently, Arwen didn't want Jason to have an, uh, a messiah complex no. or a narcissistic <laughs> uh, disorder. So we had to leave God out of it. Because I wanted to name you after Leto II, the, the son right. of Paul Maudib. And instead... We're naming you after a guy that bit a tooth and, and, and died. So, there you go. You can thank your mother for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we did keep the literary tradition, though. Yeah. yeah. And we intend for you to do the same. So, you can name your kid Jackson Batman something. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do um, literary, be smart about it. Right. One of the, one of the main things in this movie was uh, sound. Yes. Um, that a word can be a kill word, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they developed these uh, machines, these uh, guns 
that if you said a word or you made a noise, it would produce that sound, and that sound could either burn you or explode your bones or something like that. They called them weirding instruments or something like that. Weirding way. Yeah, weirding modules. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't remember if that's even in the book because I thought the weirding method was a, a way of combat with a knife. Like, in the book, hmm. Jessica is fighting some of the Fremen and she's she's outmaneuvering them and they're like, oh, she knows the weirding way. You know, okay. that kind of deal. It's been a long time since I've read that yeah. part. They turn it into a gun here, and uh, I think it was just a hit home. Oh, they're weirding. They're going to be the guys. I think there was a module, though. I don't remember. Yeah, it's been a while. It's interesting, though. Yeah. So, they're they're on Caladan. They're going to move to Arrakis, which is Dune. And uh, Paul is very intense on like learning as much as he can about well not just the planet but the politics are that surround the planet um he isn't he in like, training to be a mentat yeah they're training him to be a mentat and a mentat is a uh, human computer yes um they got rid of all technology because of the machine wars and didn't they basically say it was catholicism no, they they have Catholicism. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, it and throughout the book they talk about the Orange Catholic Bible. Yes. So, they never really describe what it is. And at one point, like it's it's like as big as a microchip, and then you had to turn the pages like with a little needle or something. It was just so strange. <laughs> That's weird. That is weird. Um. 1960s sci-fi was a, a weird time, I guess. <laughs> um, so we get introduced to not just Lady Jessica at this point, but we also get an idea of Duke Leto, um, how he's, you know, a very honest person. He's a nice guy. And uh, Lady Jessica, she's worried about Leto, but she's also worried about her son. Gaius Helen Mohame shows up. Jessica wasn't supposed to have a son. Yes. Uh, Which is an interesting concept that they yeah. can choose the sex, sex of their child. Right. But why wasn't she allowed to have a son? Do you remember? Because they wanted to marry off the girl to the Harkonnens. Exactly. Mm. And that their son would become the, the Kwisatz Haderach. The Kwisatz Haderach is a, like a messiah right. of sorts. He would set the golden path, and then through the golden path, uh, there would be peace at last, mm -hmm. or something. Maybe somebody would buy a hot dog or something. I don't know. They don't really say what the golden path really laugh. does. You can laugh out loud. Okay. <laughs> Helen Mohame wants to test him. Yes. Make sure that he's well. Human. So also. She was in the room and in the beginning, she knows that there is a plot to kill off Paul. Yeah. And yeah. she does not want him to be harmed if he is human. Right. So, Jason, how do they test if he's human? They put his hand in a box. And what does that do? It gives you a burning sensation. Okay. And what happens if he took his hand out of the box? She would kill him. How? 
uh, with this little needle on her finger. Do you remember what she called it? I do not. The Gom Jabbar. The Gom Jabbar. Basically, it's a very, very intense poison that would have killed him instantly. He had his hand in there longer than any female. So that's kind of interesting. Um, later on, after he's been declared human, uh, Jessica gets you know chastised a couple times by the Reverend Mother. Reverend Mother leaves. We don't really see much of her. She's always until, with the Emperor. Yeah, yeah, until much later. Um, <laughs> there's some weird stuff in this movie. I know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he has a conversation with his father, and his father talks about um, awakening your sleeper. Like, the sleeper must awaken. Yeah. He can't stay asleep all his life. Significant. Yeah. Um, it sticks with him. It does. Um, we also meet Duncan Idaho. He's going to uh, Arrakis first. Yes. To clean the place of, of any assassination bombs or any kind of trip wires. Because the Harkonnens do not want to leave. Well, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Baron Harkonnen. Oh, boy. <laughs> not the prettiest man. No? What's wrong with him? Um... So, a lot of pimples. Those were not pimples. Or boils. And, yeah. Um, very gross, very pussy when they open up. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I they could have left out. They could have left yeah. that out. And, and yeah. it was over-exaggerated. It was, yeah. Not only was it over-exaggerated, it was un- unnecessary. Because Baron Harkonnen, in the book... Um, He's fat, and he wears, like, the this gravity belt or some, like, anti-gravity uh, so he could walk. It wasn't so he could float around like a hot air balloon and kill <laughs> um, No, it was very odd. Yeah. So, just sadistic, too. Yeah. Uh, I, which... I, I just didn't like... It was, like, this pseudo-hypersexual, like, homoerotic stuff that was going on with Baron Harkonnen. Like, you thought maybe he wanted to have sex with Fade. Yes. Um, Beast Raban was always eating something. Mm-hmm. And then at the at the end of us learning who the Harkonnens are... He sees this boy, and he's just this young little twink-looking boy uh, who's putting out flowers. And he just goes over to him, pulls out this heart plug. Like, they they all have the, these things in their heart that, that are attached to their heart. And you pull the plug, and, you know, it just kills them. Yeah. And he pulls the guy's heart plug and starts, like, rubbing himself all over him. And it was just like, why is this even in the movie? No. Yeah. He could have just been an evil Darth Vader type. And he should have been. Yeah. Giddy Prime is like this dark planet. Everything's made in marble and like castles and stuff like that. They were just bad guys. They weren't just gross guys. If I remember right, there was a scene that was in in, in the book that was kind of disturbing, but not necessarily gross. Right. And, and it's, it's just so weird. Uh... That that was his interpretation of what the Harkonnens were. I wrote down, so gross. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down Bar- Baron Harkonnen is gross. Yeah, so Paul and them, they, they go to Arrakis. Um, 
the place is like they keep finding mines and they're like, oh my gosh, it's too easy finding these things, you yeah. know, these bombs. And they're, that's intentional because the secret stuff happens pretty soon. We meet the shout-out mates. She's a weird little woman. I love the shout-out mates in the book, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, we meet uh, uh, Liet Kynes. I believe that there was much more interaction with Liet Kynes in the book. There definitely was. Than there was in the movie. And yeah. that was more important than any of the Harkonnen stuff that they did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Liet Kynes was this guy that was kind of like a go-between between the the wild Fremen that were out in there, out there in the wild, in the desert, uh, and uh, the people that were on Arakeen, uh, which is the uh, home of the new duke, or the duke. And uh, he, he helps them learn how to put on their still suits, although Paul... Already knew how to build his still or put his still suit together. And what does his still suit do? Isn't that to hydrate you? Yeah. It collects yeah, all your water. Yeah. Collects your sweat, your spit, your uh, yeah, urine, urine. Yeah. everything. Turns it into drinkable water so you can keep replenishing yourself. It's portable filtration it's not, system. It's not permanent uh, because you do need to drink water. Yeah. You because, know, you know, your pores will eventually get rid of all that water. So they had to do that. Um, we get a David Lynch cameo. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, the, the guy, uh, in the mining operation that was going to be attacked by the worm. Yeah. He's like, let's get them to safety. Oh, (laughs) yeah. They were really surprised about, you know, Leo was like, damn the spice. Yeah. yeah. It's like he cares more about the people than the spice, which was something they weren't used to. Who's calling us on a secure channel? <laughs> I mean, that's that's David Lynch. Yes, it yeah. is. Um, Gordon Cole. So, <laughs> uh, Beast Raban, uh leads the attack eventually. Yes. And, uh, and we see him just decimate everybody. We get to see Harkonnen, or Dr. Yui uh, betrays the Duke. Yes. But he puts a false puts tooth in, in his jaw. He says, bite down and blow hard, uh, and you'll kill the Baron. Yeah, it was kind of a funny scene to me, because he pulled that tooth out so easily. Yeah. And then he just, boink, yeah. you know? And I was like, <laughs> should be a little harder than that, right? It, yeah, it should be. <laughs> Depends. What, no blood? Yeah. Right. Um, there's a lot to this movie, and we're not going to talk about everything. Good. Because that would make this a two-hour podcast. Oh, my God, yeah. Longer. Um, but they take over. The Duke dies. They believe Jessica and Paul die. Jessica and Paul don't die. They escape. Yeah. Uh, Paul uses the voice. Yeah. And what's the voice? Uh I don't remember what they called it, but it was a way to force someone or influence their mind to do something. Yeah. uh, I'm going to constantly cross-reference it to the book uh, because you kind of have to. You kind of like hypnotize the person by using their own voice to convince them that they need to do something. Kind of like I heard a rumor. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So... There, yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> um, so they escape. They meet the Fremen. Um, Stilgar's still awesome. 
Jessica drinks the water of life, which is this poison that would give her the mind of every reverend mother who has ever been. Yeah. Unfortunately, that also means that the the child that is in her womb absorbs that same poison and she awakens as a reverend mother inside the womb. Yes. Yeah. There's creepy stuff in the book where they, she's constantly in conversation with the baby. Yes. While they're while she is carrying her. But Alia is born and can speak and talk like a woman. And she is creepy. Yeah. In the book, uh, in in the movie, she is totally creepy because I believe she's older than than uh, what Alia was. Yeah. She was like eleven. Alia is supposed to be eight. And uh, yeah, it was just she talked with a woman's voice, but it was lip synced, mm-hmm. so it was creepy looking. She had those blue eyes. There's a creepy scene where she's slicing the throat of the Baron Harkonnen at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. And where then she's just she got just this euphoric revels in it. Yeah, and she's it's got this so freaking weird. Look on her face. <laughs> I was like, that is unnatural yeah. in yeah. any instance. But uh, Paul and uh, Jessica and eventually another group of rebels, they get all the Fremen together. To go out and kill the Baron, basically. Um, and and they know the Emperor's coming. Yeah. Um, and this takes several years. Yeah. They gather an army. They keep training them. They have kids. Yep. Um, in the book, Paul has a kid with a woman named Chani. Uh, his name is Leto. That child dies during one of the attacks. Yeah. And that's why Leto too comes around. Chani is a Fremen. He loves her. It's the only person Paul loves. But he doesn't marry her. But he doesn't ever marry her, no. Now, in the books, he marries uh, Irulan. Yeah. Mm. And Irulan, like, resents Paul. Like, her whole life. Uh, We see some worms. Like, I wanted to get a tattoo, like a Dune tattoo, and it was going to be the worm, and then I was like, no, it'll look like a wiener on me. Yeah, it <laughs> you know, I, I just don't, I don't want that. <laughs> um, long story short, the Emperor shows up, uh, kills Beast Ribbon because of all the things that were going on. Spice flow stopped. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Fremen he was stopped not, the flow of the spice. He, he was not telling the Baron... Everything that was going right. on on the planet. So, he had to die. You see his head there. Piter died earlier in the movie. Yeah, the Leto. Duke bit down on the poison and blew it. Mm-hmm. Thought he was blowing it at the Baron. Did not. Blew it right into Piter's face. He died. Uh, Beast Raban died. And then, at the end, Fade, who was this like mysterious character throughout the whole movie, really... And apparently he wanted to do a full frontal nude scene, you know, where he's in the uh, steam. Yeah. And he comes out all glistening and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. He wanted to do that nude. And so they they filmed it with him being nude. And then Universal was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so they refilmed it and they put like these this plastic it, diaper like underwear on him. Just on the front. Yeah. It's like, boink. Yeah. And it's there. So it was That's it was a little sound. weird. I know. Blink. <laughs> so it was a little weird, but uh him and Paul fight at the end. Uh he cheats. 
Of course he cheats. Um, All he wanted to do was kill Paul Atreides the entire movie. Yeah, because yeah. Paul and Fed, well, if Paul was Paulina and Fed, they they would have gotten married and they yes. would have had a child. Um, it would have been a horrible union. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a sadistic SOB. Um, yeah. So Paul kills Fade. Uh, the Baron dies, uh, gets thrown into a worm. Alia uh, pulls his plug. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then Paul declares himself the emperor of the known universe and takes Irulan as his wife. Not right then Not and there. Not in the movie. Not right then and there, but eventually he does yeah. in the book. Yeah. And uh, you know, it kind of ends with, uh, it ends wrong. It does. It, it rains. It ends completely wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There should be no raining. Right. There's no rain that happens in the movie or in the book. It even um, said at the beginning of the movie, it's never rained on Dune. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was the beginning, though. That yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> so, they, David Lynch likes dreams. Yes. Everything about him in film is about dreams. So, like, Blue Velvet's a dream. Mulholland Drive has dreams. Um, Twin Peaks is full of dreams and dreams of dreams. Um, Eraserhead, dreams. And we like to call this the space dream. It very much is. Yeah. Uh, they always talk about dreams in this. And Paul has quite a few dreams. Yeah. yeah. I think I wrote in my notes, I called them spooky Mormon hell dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, he, uh, he's really good about that. Now, what David Lynch does that no other director does is that whatever's final is final. And he doesn't like going back. No, he doesn't like explaining anything either. Right. He's like, when people ask him, hey, what what was this all about? He goes, well, what do you think it was all about? Yeah. And they're like, we don't know. He goes, <laughs> Maybe it means nothing then. She nodded again. I said, you know, and she's like, mm, yeah, I'm nodding. He's here. He's not talking at all. Well, so, he yeah. should. So, Arwen, what do you think the budget for this movie was? Uh, I have a feeling the budget was ridiculous. It could have been ridiculous, I yeah. think it was ridiculous. Like, <laughs> so terrible at this. Jason, how much do you think that they, their budget was? Maybe ten grand. $10,000? See, he's worse than I am at this. I know it's a couple mil. $10,000? I'm going to say $50 million. You're very close. It was $40 million. Okay. Woohoo! Yeah. Now, how much do you think this movie made on a $40 million budget? Not that much. How much is not that much? Um, Maybe half. Half? So you think Ooh. it was like $20 million? I'm going 1.2. You're going low. I'm going really low. low. No, it uh, domestic box office uh, thirty million. Okay, no. so it did lose ten million dollars plus. That's that's way better because um, I know a lot of people crap on this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a cult following, and I'm sure by now, if they tally it all up, it probably made its money uh, back, um, which is probably why they're trying to remake it. You know. Well, I think Dune had a cultural appeal to a lot of people yeah. it's influenced a lot like fat boy slim song weapon of choice yeah says walk without rhythm and you won't attract the worm yeah and yeah. there was a uh, christian rock band called mortal 
and they used uh, the klaxon alarm from oh. Dune. They <laughs> use I'm alive, huh? I'm alive, huh? I'm alive. <laughs> that part and uh, and the sleeper must awaken yeah. in their one of their albums. So yeah, it was it was very interesting because like I remember listening to that album going. Where did I hear that before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and they also took from Alien and Terminator and other movies where they just take a little sound bite. Not bad for a human, you know that kind <laughs> yeah. of deal. It's so interesting. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't want to give too much away for this movie because I think people should see this movie, right? Yes. That was Dune. So who was your favorite character? We'll start with Jason. Um, probably Paul Madib. Paul the protagonist, protagonist yeah. of the movie. Okay. Arwen? Um, I'm going to have to agree. Now, if I was going off the book, Chani was actually one of my favorites. Yeah. I really um, enjoyed Chani in the book. In the movie, I liked Stilgar. Stilgar yeah. is I know good. he was kind of nothing in the movie, but still, like, every time he was on the screen, I was like, ah, Stilgar. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he's got a very uh, dwarf name. Yeah. Um, who's your least favorite character? Ooh, that's a toss up. Like between the uh, Raban and Harkonnen. Yeah. Mine's yeah. definitely Baron Harkonnen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a toss up. Right. I really, actually, I really dislike the emperor. The emperor was a sniveling little worm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He sent other people to do his dirty business. Right. Yeah. Like he brought in the Sodiker. He also. And I was like, "You're cheating." He <laughs> also uh, was much more influenced by the guild, the Spice Guild. Yes. Than he should have been. It's like the Spice Guild really ran the universe. Yeah. The emperor was just this puppet on a string. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with the emperor as well. Um, didn't like him. What did you think about the music? I like the music. Um, it keeps you kind of in, in the rhythm of everything. It's very 80s sounding. It is very Um, 80s sounding. I kept expecting a song with like lyrics. No, there wasn't. And there wasn't because, you know, when you hear a band, a famous band. to live forever? No. (laughs) No. But you know how like Queen did Flash Gordon. And Highlander. And Highlander. Oh, they yeah. had words. Yeah. So I expected maybe at the end there'd be at least one song with words. Here we Nothing. are. Yeah. Not even Africa. Africa would have made no sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's Toto. It is a I know. song. <laughs> um, the only thing I remember about Toto in the 80s was like a, a compilation album that came out. And they would say, and songs by Toto. I think people just like saying Toto. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're a good band and they're still around. They're still playing tours. Um, Big tours, too. Really? They they have a large audience. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, They just weren't my cup of tea. I was more into like new wave and uh, and punk music Mm. and then uh, heavy metal, thrash, back to punk, to grunge, to punk. Now I'm a big Bruno Mars fan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, not really. Uh, You like that uptown funk? Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Queen Queen was really good in their movies that they did. I mean, Flash Gordon and Highlander. 
other bands like Kenny Loggins was like the soundtrack of the eighties. I think he was in like Caddyshack and Top Gun, which yeah. I've never seen, never going to see Top Gun. <laughs> Did you know that? It's like a movie I'm never going to watch. So far I haven't seen it either. You know why? There's no reason to. Yeah. There's no reason <laughs> to watch Top Gun. Um, all right. So what else can we talk about? Talked about the music cinematography. I like how a lot of the scenes were shot. Yeah. Um, the sets were built very big. They were very yeah. big. Now it this, reminded me of Fifth Element in a lot of ways, yeah, Fifth too. Element yeah. and Flash Gordon. Yeah. yeah. But Fifth Element, yeah. It was shot in Mexico near Chihuahua. Okay. Uh, in a desert. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the sets were built out there in the desert. And uh, he wanted these big you know, set designs. And if he couldn't get a big set design, he would elaborate with like a model, you know? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. you see these long hallways. Most of that is just a paint job. Really? Yeah. He Looney Looney tuned us. Yeah. Yeah. It's David Lynch. He Looney tunes everybody. (laughs) Have you seen Mulholland Drive? Yes. Um, But yeah, he, he really wanted the scope to be big, even though, he only had $40 million. Right. Uh, he didn't have that Jedi money. He did have some interesting special effects with computers. And, yeah. You yeah. know, the screens and the reports was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very pixelated now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's still really good. And, and you could also throw that in to be like, uh, it's supposed to look that way. Exactly. Because... The machines, you know, they didn't want robots or AI. Yes. So everybody, their AI or their computers were these people, but they also had these microfiches and stuff like that. Something yeah. weird. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, yeah. So they didn't really need to do a lot of special special effects like that. The worms, I thought, looked really good. Yeah. I think the worms were one of the best special effects that they had. Yeah. That was probably uh, where the most of the money went. The fakest looking thing was when they raised the shield wall. Yeah. That and the the uh, sh- personal shields. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, they they look very dated. Um, they look like what sci fi does now with like Sharknado. They're just like bad CGI. <laughs> Our purpose. Yeah. Um, Different time though. I liked how uh, he made a, a special attention to certain details, like the Spice Guild people, they had these microphones in their hand. They'd yeah. speak into the microphone and it would speak English to the person. Yeah. Yeah. And you could hear their language over yeah. it, too. I liked how they did the Fremen eyes. The yeah. blue on blue. Man, I wanted those kind of eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, very good. Um, and, it, and it held up in the Blu-ray edition, too. It wasn't really streaky at no. all. Yeah. So I like that. I feel like it should be seen in high definition. Definitely. Uh... It's very pretty to look at. So, anyway, this has been Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. You can follow us on Facebook. We're uh, Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. Yeah? Yep. And <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. Um, we are Fun Time Movies 1. That is Fun Time Movies and the number one. Uh, subscribe to us. We're on four little things. You know, We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, share us with your friends. Um, tell people about us and, uh, pass us around. <laughs> uh-huh. You <laughs> uh, can take that a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So, we might have guests from time to time. Today we had Jason. Uh, 
there's a dude that wants to do police academy with us, and we may do that sometime down the pipe, maybe tomorrow even, I don't know. Upcoming podcasts, I think we're thinking about uh, another top 10. I put down a list of top 10 movies that I'd like to see have a sequel or never got a sequel that yeah. deserve a sequel, even though I think we just did uh, top 10 movies that uh, did not deserve a sequel. Right. I think you've got some uh, movies you want to do that I hate, Yeah, which should be pretty interesting. We're going to do Arwen Hates His Film. Um, I don't have the movie like picked out yet, but I know she'll hate it. Eraserhead. I mean, you mentioned that already. Yeah, he already mentioned that one. That's a hard movie. In <laughs> heaven. Yeah, I refuse to watch that. just fine in heaven. <laughs> and that's a good song, man. <laughs> With her rosy, big old cheeks. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that's it then. Uh, I've been Eric. That's been Arwen. To the left of me has been Jason. Why? Why the silence? <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that... All I got to say is, 